1: entrepreneurs, intrapreneurs, helping to diversify the industry. This week on Business of the Beats. You
0: know, I think it is one of the most traditionally highly segmented categories because everybody's hair is different. And when you're shopping for shampoo and conditioner, everybody has different needs. But when you get to tools, there's much more universality, right? And, you know, at the end of the day, we're all trying to achieve the same thing, which is have healthy hair that grows.
1: Everyone, I'm your host, Kendra Bracken Ferguson, and welcome to Business of the Beat. Today's guest is Rebecca Allen, founder of Helix Hair Labs. But before we get started, don't forget to follow, rate, and subscribe to Business of the Beat on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or anywhere else you listen to podcasts. You don't want to miss an episode, and we love to hear from you. All right, everyone. Rebecca is the founder of Helix Hair Labs making tools and products for the future of hair wellness. Prior to Helix, Rebecca launched Rebecca Allen Inc., a footwear brand now sold in major retailers. The brand has been featured in Forbes, Business Insider, Fortune, CNBC, among others, and has been worn by incredible women all over the world. We are so excited to have Rebecca on the show and tell us more about Helix Hair Labs. Oh my gosh, Rebecca, welcome to Business of the Beat. I am so happy to have you on the show. The last time we saw each other was in New York, and girl, so much has happened. I know, it's great to see you. It's great to see you, Kendra. I was pregnant the last time we saw, I had a baby. (laughs) Well, that's why I was like, that was my whole lead-in. I'm like, wait a second, Rebecca, you, I remember being like, oh my gosh, you're so beautiful. And now we have a baby, Ira.
0: Yeah, we had a little boy in October. So he's three months old now. He's just delicious. We're having a lot of fun. Uh, and his big sister is also really stepping up into her role. And it's really great to have a tiny baby when you put your workday away to just like kind of snuggle.
1: Oh, you know what? <laughs> that is such a great way to look at it. Because, well, first babies bring good luck. And they are just so cozy. So, how has it been? Like, you started your first company, which we're going to get into. I'm like jumping right in. But now you have a little three month old, and it's just so amazing. But is it so different? You know,
0: we are fortunate to have a lot of help. And, you know, I didn't get to take time, but my husband has, you know, he works for a bigger company that has a paid parental leave, uh, policy. (laughs) My, my little business does not. But, uh, so he was able to take some time off those early days, but it just, you know, with the second kid, it just goes so much faster. Like those first few weeks that felt so crazy with our first and the sleeplessness and all of that, like it just, it felt very different doing it the second time. So we, We feel like we got our feet under us and it's nice to have something that kind of forces you to turn off your work brain and focus. Cause otherwise I would just be working the entire
1: time. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Me too. That's what I was like. The Lord knew to bless me with a child, because even with your husband, you can kind of get away with working more because my husband works a lot as well. So it was kind of like, and then we find our moments, but a child really gives you something other than yourself and work because they need you. And yeah. then you get to the point, I know like this morning, I was like, I, you can get dressed by yourself. Let me send out this last email. You're fine. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And it's great when they become self-sufficient, but we just got to that point where like the little ones sleeping through the night and our evenings are kind of like our own again, which is, it's a, it feels like a big milestone, you know?
1: Oh my gosh! Well, that's a great segue because that could be the launch of our fun segment that we call Rapid Fire, and your Rapid Fire is Alan Oop, a total play on Allie Oop. Let's let's be clear. You know we're quite original and funny here, um, but that's such a great Alan Oop moment. The baby is sleeping through the night, so I was like, "That's a per- you already have one of our first answers." <laughs> okay, so here we go. My Alan Oop moment for Helix Labs came when blank versus my Allen Oop moment for Rebecca Allen Inc. My Alan Oop moment came for Helix Hair Labs when
0: I was trying to figure out how to do my hair in the pandemic versus, I mean, my Rebecca Allen alley was like when I used to wear business professional clothing and sat at a work desk. But, you know, a lot of Helix came out of an initial exercise of like thinking about the Rebecca Allen customer. So they are very separate businesses, but they're not unrelated and kind of their reason to be.
1: Well, and I love it because I think that one of the best parts about being an entrepreneur is our Allen Oop moments when we figure out what we want to create. And we can do it because they all come from a need that we personally have. And so like, I love all of the stories of how you got there. Okay. So blank has always caught the best Alan oops. When I miss a beat, I couldn't do it without them. Carly,
0: my business partner, is definitely always catches uh, when I am missing. She is my co-founder and COO. And she comes from a traditional retail background. Uh, and so she she's fantastic. And she also is kind of like when I'm out here in outer space is like pulling me back to earth. And I think it's good to have
1: that balance
0: on a co-founding team.
1: I completely agree. It's great to be the visionary, the like, we can do this and we can do that. And then to have that partner who's also a visionary, but is able to ground it in a way that's different. And you really do need both to make it work. And it's kind of like figuring out that balance between the two. Totally. Okay. And your last one, this is the one that you get extra credit for because you kind of already answered it. But as a mom, my Alan Oop moment would have to be when my toddler blanks. (laughs)
0: When my, my Alan Oop moment would have to be when my toddler entertains my baby. She wants to like get a smile out of him. She's showing him, she's singing songs to him, showing him Things that she's playing with, she's really very sweet, and I feel like that's that feels like a real swish.
1: Right <laughs> I love that. Real uh, swish. That's <laughs> real <our> swish. <laughs> oh, that's just so 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 sweet. I, there's just something so magical about children and the way that they approach life and the way that they protect each other. Even the ones that they don't know, there's like such a sense of community with them so early on. Yeah. Is how, how old is your? She's like seven. She just turned eight. Yeah. Oh, eight. I, so I was right. I knew. Okay. Yeah. I was you like were seven. Right. Yeah. Yeah.
0: You were like, um, I know it. I know. So you have to tell me everything that's coming. But yeah, it is. Like I could watch them all day. It's so fun,
1: yeah, and i and i I do want to go back because you mentioned something really, I think important that as you're working, they give us the the ability to stop and to kind of refocus our energy. And so for you, which I'm excited to dive into, you are, a serial entrepreneur, if I will, you did start in business, but when we get to that second business, we're kind of like, okay, this might be our, our place in life. So I want to talk a little bit about you, who you are, how you became the mom to two beautiful children and how you also birthed two amazing businesses. So tell us everything. Serial birther,
0: serial entrepreneur. <laughs>
1: Uh, yeah, I, so,
0: uh, I'm Rebecca, uh, from, from New York. Uh, I grew up, I was born in Brooklyn. Are we going all the way back? I was, I grew up in the yeah. Westchester, grew up in the Burbs. Um, and I, uh, you know, I, on the entrepreneurial side, I like to say that I have always been entrepreneurial in how I think about, thought about my career, And I think that that's kind of a trend, like when you look at LinkedIn and everybody is thinking about their kind of personal brand, right? And how and the story that you're telling with your resume and everything that you do in life in a holistic way. And and so for me, that had always been how I thought about moving through space. And now doing it with a little more direction. But uh, I worked in hospitality before going back to business school and in startup world a little bit as well. But after business school, I went and did finance. I did investment management at Goldman Sachs for years. And I, I had had a couple ideas that I had kind of like picked up and put down through business school. And, you know, I had been part of like the venture community, but not actually doing anything in venture or startup land. And then my first business, which was born out of this pain point of wearing, uh, looking for my a nude shoe. That was my nude, uh, which is Rebecca Allen, which is our, our footwear business was really something that I wasn't sure. I, I was kind of on the fence about like, am I going to do this? I kind of just like kept making these little incremental steps toward bringing it to life and we did it in a really scrappy way. It was very iterative. I, it was kind of like, let's just get this thing out there. And I launched that I had my first child. So I, right. So I, this is how I like to do things. I have a business and I have a baby, they go together. Um, <laughs> I don't think I'm going to have a third kid, but I might have more businesses. More businesses. So <laughs> I, yeah. And we launched on direct to consumer through the pandemic when you know, this moment when we thought, oh, nobody's ever going to wear shoes again. Uh, it was really when we started concepting and ideating on Helix Hair Labs uh, or what what was to become Helix Hair Labs. But the pandemic also uh, kind of ushered in retail opportunities for Rebecca Allen, very much driven by the way that Black Lives Matter and the kind of fallout from these police murders, uh, the way that that played out in retail with the 15% pledge and all the work that Aurora James has done and continues to do was a real tailwind for the footwear business. And so now that retail is kind of the the majority of that business and direct to consumer is like not as big of a piece of the puzzle. Uh, Although you can definitely go and shop. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But with Helix, we are really kind of blazing a path uh, in hair wellness and in the space that is uh, kind of at the, you know, at the beginning of a category that's exploding. Um, and so we, it's a totally different consideration, right? Like we've, we've raised money for Helix. Uh, we did a fulsome brand exercise for Helix. Like it has, you know, it has like all of these things that the footwear business never had. And so it's a totally different beast and it's been really really fun to kind of do things in this kind of buttoned up way and you know i we like to say my carly my business partner and i that um you know footwear is like the just like a terrible category like because no two feet are the same <laughs> right like it's it's a lot of skews uh their size and fit and, and it's just like a headache you know like there's it is just so much more fun and like a breath of fresh air to play in this beauty space. Nobody wants to watch you try on shoes on (laughs) TikTok, right? Like it's, I mean, maybe, maybe a couple of people do, but like they're, you know, best people. Yeah, 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 exactly. Right. Right. Like that's a, it's a totally, uh, that's not (laughs) the folks we're looking to attract there. Um, But when you get into beauty, just the, the show and tell of it, the how to's the hacks, all of that is just, there, there's just so much content. But with with Helix, we're bringing everything from soft goods to hardware, all focused around a really holistic approach to growing your healthiest hair, styling it with minimal damage, and then protect it. We just turned the site live at the end of December. So uh, it is live now, helixhairlabs.com. And we have two beautiful soft goods and people are loving the products. So we've got this, do you want me to give you a little show? Yes,
1: tell, tell us or, everything, give us show and
0: tell. <laughs> so we have our uh, silk slip tie, which is a hair accessory it's 100% mulberry silk. It's a cross between like an Hermes Twilly and a scrunchie with an open end. So you can slide the tail through and then it has this internal bead system that you can't see, but there are five beads throughout the elastic that allow you to tie it at different intervals. So you can wear it like a crowning headband. You can pull it tight for kind of like a big poofy ponytail. You can tie it really tight for uh, if you have like a a smaller ponytail, people wear it on their wrists. They wear it on their handbags. They braid it through their hair. There are kind of all of these different ways that you can play with it. And it really just like, you can just tie it tight. And then, you know,
1: The silk slip tie. That is so cool because it's so versatile and you're always like, I love things where they have a multi-purpose. I think that's also kind of the way (laughs) we're being trained. (laughs) Yeah.
0: you need things that do double duty, that feel luxurious. Um, I think part of, you know, a big piece of what we are bringing to the market with Helix is just a really beautiful, fresh design language from the brand itself to the tools uh, and, and product. Um, we wanted people to kind of have that, like, wait a minute, what is that? I need that moment. And, you know, we wanted, we wanted to invite a really inclusive conversation on hair. You know, I think it is one of the most traditionally highly segmented categories because everybody's hair is different. And when you're shopping for shampoo and conditioner, everybody has different needs. But when you get to tools, there's much more universality, right? And, you know, at the end of the day, we're all trying to achieve the same thing, which is have healthy hair that grows. And so we really wanted to show what we believe is that when you design for kind of the most overlooked, you actually make better product for everybody. And we really wanted to have a conversation that everybody was invited to. Everybody who's focused on hair health was invited to. And so if you check out our TikTok, you'll see that we have all different types of people using our product, all different hair types. When we bring products to life, we're testing them on all different types of hair to make sure that there's efficacy and, you know, we think that there's just a lot of kind of shareability in this journey that we're, you know, we're all kind of on together. So this is so this was our silk silk slip tie. Mm-hmm. And then we have uh, our sleep sleeve. So this is designed for protecting hair this for sleep. Sleep. Cool. or mm-hmm. exercise. Um, we brought, you know, when you talk about we talk about design language. And this customer who has spent the past several years making all of these design updates to other facets of their life, right? Like your gym clothes got an update, your sleepwear got an update, your shelfie in your bathroom has all of these beautiful (laughs) bottles, you know, and then you open up your drawer and it's like this sad brush from the drugstore, whatever, you know, whatever. I I don't, I'm not going to disparage any existing friends but it's yeah it's like you know we you you want everything that you use to be designed thoughtfully and to kind of fit into the way that you think about yourself and and so we we wanted this uh sleep sleeve to be efficacious right like stay on we wanted it to work with all different types of hair all different lengths all different volumes of hair and we wanted it to look like it fit with your luxurious sleepwear that you've or, you know your bedscape right like we wanted it to have this kind of technical uh design to it and so we actually manufacture this at a place where like a lot of athleisure gets mm-hmm. produced so it has this real kind of technical finish to it and it looks super cool on it like it looks it looks great on so uh I'm not going to demo it for you right now, Kendra.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But on the website, or I should say, website and Helix Hair Labs on Instagram, there are amazing demos of the sleep sleeve. And I love to your point how it's so many different hair types. It's luxurious, and it really is full, fully functioning. Because so many times it's like they slip off, they don't look right. You get like it's something that you could literally have on your nightstand and feel like really comfortable. I like how you talk about the vetscape. That's a good. Yeah.
0: And I think, you know, it's, it's delicate, right? Cause we know like black women have used silk scarves and bonnets for generations to protect hair. Um, but when we looked at social, we were then kind of seeing it more broadly adopted by people with curly hair first. And then I was talking to, you know, white women with straight hair who were saying, like, I was losing all my hair in the pandemic, I started wrapping it up at night, and it is protecting my hair from like all that damage and breakage from the friction that happens, you know, so it's like, if you've been using a silk pillowcase, then this is kind of like your next step in like amping that up. And like, white women, like, it's okay for you to also wrap your hair, you know, like, I'm here to tell you it's okay, like, you're, you know, I think the, I, I think, like, the conversation around appropriation is, like, when you're not giving, like, proper credit, right, like, that's the consideration, but I want like, everybody is allowed to protect their hair at night, and, uh, you know, we can all, we can all benefit from these lessons learned. <laughs>
1: Um, You know what I love about that is that it is like the appropriation comes when when someone tries tries to take credit or ownership of something that they didn't create. And the reality is that black women have been influencing trends for years. So it's not new. I think that the reality is that people embracing it and feeling as though they can be included, because at the end of the day, your brand is about grow style and protect your hair. And that comes in all forms. And I think that there is an education that's kind of needed, but I think that there's also the homage of, you know, as black women, because we are leading so many trends from lashes to hair extensions to now hair wrapping. Yeah. Um, it just becomes the acknowledgement of where the creation came. And I think that that's what we see on TikTok when people get upset about lip liners and all these different oh, yeah. things, oh, yeah, lip yeah, liners, yeah. And it's yeah. like, Let's just be real about where it came from. (laughs) Right, right. (laughs) Whose lips are we looking? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) The question comes up a lot from our listeners and other founders in terms of bootstrapping their businesses. I like how you kind of say scrappy is the new term. And then for your second business, you you approached it differently. And I think that for all of us, we kind of have to figure out what makes sense for us in that moment i'm kind of on the same path as you and it was refreshing to hear you talk about it you know i started my first business in 2010 and karen and i were like at the coffee table like doing other things to make it work and it, we didn't raise you know a few million dollars until later in the cycle of the business and then i kind of think about what we're doing now with brain trust Founder studio and building the funds and how we're approaching it. And I've gotten to this point where it's like, if I launch any other businesses in this life, which you and Rebecca, you and me, we may not have any more children, but if we have more businesses, I was like, I'm definitely, you know, having funding in the beginning um, before I approach it because I've now done it and I see the other side. So you talked a little bit about that, but can you kind of go deeper in terms of, even your process, was it because you had gone through it first with Rebecca Allen that you knew you wanted something different? Was the opportunity there? Did it slow you down trying to raise? Just give us a little bit more of that transition.
0: Yeah, I think, you know, I think considering whether to raise institutional capital, it comes from understanding like what type of business you want to build and and also like is that business venture backable, right? Because you have to think about what what are those what is that type of capital trying to achieve? And that's a ten x return, right? Which is why as of late, or even I guess the past couple of years, it's been kind of trending is like venture dollars moving away from backing consumer brands, right? Um, and so you have to be going after a big enough market that where it's going to make sense to them or you have to be finding the right type of strategic capital, uh, which might not come from traditional VCs, but certainly there are other, you know, other types of investors out there and not just equity partners, but also debt partners. I talk a lot about that. Um, yeah. I'm uh, I'm trying to getting ahead of myself, but um, you know, I for footwear, we weren't bringing something, that was, um, like IP, right? Like we were, we were designing kind of classic styles. We were bringing this novel conversation around nude, but it wasn't like, that's not really protectable in any material sense. Um, and so it, it wasn't something that was really venture- Backable. If you can grow a business to a certain point, then maybe it's like a private, you know, maybe it's interesting from private equity or from an M and A standpoint, or, um, or from like a strategic backer. But it wasn't like I've got this idea, like give me some money to go build it, right? Um, but with Helix, we believe that there is a really, really massive market out there for what we're building, um, and that. We could see, you know, the type of return that uh, that makes it com- a compelling opportunity for venture investors. But it's but even with that, it's a specific subset of venture investors because there there are now right funds that are looking at consumer or consider themselves kind of like consumer experts, and then there are funds that are are not interested in those types of businesses right so it depends on what their return profiles and right because at the end of the day like they're managing expectations to their limited partners so right they they have sold people on like here's the return profile that you're going to get from us and here's the type of investing that we're going to do and so you know we've had to make sure that we're having conversations with the right types of even vet- venture investors um, and sometimes, you know, and that's like also angels. It's also family offices. It's not just uh, kind of traditional institutions. Um, but and even then, it's super challenging, right? Like it is it is a volume game where you have to, you know, you have to think about it like a funnel, right? Like we're going to have this many conversations of those conversations, you know, this tiny little subset is going to want to continue talking to us. And of that, like, you know, a couple of them will shake out. Uh, And, you know, so I think it's, it's a numbers game. Um, It's still really, really hard. And, and it's also, uh, you know, it's when you look like the, the kind of dirty secret, not so secret of so many consumer brands is that, their early capital was either, you know, came from, you know, when people say friends and family, right. It's like, well, who's your friends and family, you know, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, and not, you know, some people are able to go and raise like a quick couple of millions of dollars to get them off to the races. And then they can, you know, spend their way to, uh, showing what you have to show to then raise actual venture dollars. Uh, And then obviously, you know, that's kind of the big question of like, it's becomes then a a question of like, you know, socioeconomic status and and all these different things. And like who gets to play and who doesn't. And right. This is, this is the big problem with, venture. I, I've had so many investors say to me, like, Oh just go out and raise, you know, raise a little friends and family. Go go out and raise two million bucks from friends and family and then, you know, and then you'll kinda get to get to where you need to be. And I'm like yeah. Can I meet your friends and family? Like I don't, uh, yeah, it's so, you know, I could talk about that all day and how many ridiculous conversations like that, that I've had, but, uh, but then, you know, then you find, I, I think for us, what's been a big unlock has been talking to other founders who, aren't always uh, like that far ahead of us. Like some of them are kind of at the same place that we are in, in trading uh, investors on your cap table. I think that those, those intros are sometimes much more powerful than um, you know, even investors on our cap table who are introducing us to other people, like founders can really give you the color of like, Oh, here are my, here are a couple of my angel investors. Like they've been really great. You know, like I, I can pass you along. And so I, when we are trying to kind of like network and connect those dots, uh, sitting with other founders has been really helpful and kind of like, unlo- I said to somebody the other day, it's like Minesweeper. Do you ever play Minesweeper? Oh gosh. <laughs> like, <laughs> you're an old PC. Um, it's like, you know, you'll meet someone and then all of a sudden like a bunch of new doors open and they're just kind of like that connector. Um, so trying to trying to find as many folks like that. And geographically, too. Yeah,
1: I think the the geographical piece is also really interesting because there's now so many regionally based funds that you may not even know exist. And so playing into the geography and you mentioned so many things that I think are, are really important and founders have to be real with the type of company that they're building, which is really how you start it, because not every company is venture backable. And even when I think about, you know, we just had our news in Women's Wear Daily about our investment from Brain Trust Fund into 13 Moon. And it's really interesting when you think about as many companies as we see, and our lens is very squarely, you know, Beauty and Wellness founders, at least one co-founder Black Identifying have to be a member of our Brain Trust Founders studio. And then I look at other funds to your point of what they're doing. And who and it's I'm like, what? You're not interested in beauty and wellness and consumer? That's crazy. This is the best category. And and I'm so bullish on it because I'm like, this is the only category that touches every single person living. Every single person has some element of beauty and wellness that they have to use daily Mm. in order to smell good, brush their teeth, feel good, like Any you know, and so it is interesting and taking the time to really understand and be confident that it is a numbers game. And even people may love your idea and they believe in your idea, but you just don't know who's on the other side of the money flow. And you mentioned limited partners. And for a lot of funds, we do have an entire group of people that we also have to report to. And we have to deliver returns. I was talking to a founder the other day. And I said, I just I'm not sure that your company is ever going to be venture backable just based upon the way that you've set it up. And I said, and that's fine. So you kind of have two decisions. But if you are going to go the venture route, you, ha- the, the goal is to deliver a return. That is the mark of success. And you may have to decide that to your point, there's angels. There's other ways to do it. And you can have a phenomenal business that never gets venture backable. It may not be as big. It may not have that type of an exit, but it may deliver what you need and what you aspire to create. And that may be fine. And so I like how you started there, that like you really have to get clear on what you're building and understand the nuances of that, the sacrifices, the risk and the reward, and then the adjustments that you're going to have to make to truly create that type of company. And you've been able to look at both as the model in comparison and live it. Yeah yeah i mean we're trying story is still being written but uh yeah i think it's
0: it's level setting that and and you make such a great point that it's not um you know i think like people can sometimes take it personally right like it's not uh it it's not personal um it's just like what are you setting what are you setting it up to do uh and i think that's that's important to keep in mind, especially when, you know, you're putting yourself out there every day and obviously getting tons of no's and uh, you know, and people who don't even want to take a call, you know, whatever it is. It's uh you you gotta be resilient. Uh.
1: <laughs> resilient. Resilience. We've been talking about our words or like a goldfish. For- <laughs> yes. <laughs> or a goldfish. Just keep going, keep eating. What <laughs> is your we've been talking about our words for 2023. When you talk about resilience and then goldfish, what's your word for 2023? Oh, um, I wasn't prepared
0: to answer this question. (laughs) I, I, you know, I'm always, it's not new for me. Um, I'm always, uh, I'm always, um, you know, whether you want to call it like, like counting your blessings or giving thanks, you know, be or gratitude or what I, I don't like any of those ways that you that people talk about. I, I don't like any of the words that people use to talk about that, that concept. Um, but I think I'm always just reminding myself that, that I, I really am like fortunate and, and lucky that I get to wake up and work on this every day. And that I, and, and that I got to, ch- I get to choose, you know, I think, I that for me is kind of all wrapped up in uh keeping a fresh like keeping being resilient and keeping a fresh face like reminding myself like this is what you signed up for like but you you know you you get to do this right you don't have you get to do it um so it's not it's not one word but i'd say if it were like a couple words it's like that gratitude, but we but also kind of using that as this like manifesting element that kind of was like keeping me going in a kind of mantra way. Um, and all of those things swirling together.
1: <laughs> I love so. that. And it is, it's a, that we, that we get to do it. And I think that, you know, it gets hard, which we've talked about, like we do have to have a resilient mindset. Um, But we get to do this and we get to do something that we believe in and that we're passionate. And even at the root of what you said, like being in the pandemic and saying like, oh, my goodness, I need to figure out something else for my hair. What what is that going to be? And I think it's fascinating because there was a Forbes article that you were featured in and it was talking about that new business applications were up. 69.9% in Q3 of 2020 compared to the previous year. And so when you think about what was happening in 2020, for you, why did that become a moment to say, let me think about the future of hair health and let me start working towards something new? Mm. Well, we, Helix really kind of started as this
0: question of like, with Rebecca Allen, we had this core customer where we believed that it was it, it, it was this way that this customer thought about herself and not like any specific demographic. And we knew that she was at home like like I was, like my business partner was, and that you know, she was doing her hair herself and kind of figuring out we were watching like people learning how to cut their hair themselves, people learning, people who had, you know, blown their hair out for years, who were just getting to know their natural hair and how to manage it without heat and damage, right? People were doing like all of these different kind of hacks and how-tos and kind of sorting through all of this in the pandemic. And, um, And that was transcending ethnicity and, you know, what I gender everything right it was kind of everybody was at home doing this uh on their own and and so it originally was thinking about it, it was originally thinking about this curl customer but then we realized that it, it was like much more reaching than just the curl and it was health and people kind of had all this, this time and opportunity to kind of like reflect on how they were caring for their body and what they were putting in their body and, you know, how, how they were caring for their body and all, all these different, you know, across facets, right? Um, and so it, it started as this exercise of, like, what else could we kind of serve to our Rebecca Allen customer? But then hair just seemed, like, so vast. And that there was so much uh, to explore. And we were seeing this kind of shift in skincare from high performance ingredients to at home tools and devices. And it felt like hair was following suit, but was just like a step behind. Um, And so we felt like with Helix, we had this opportunity to kind of meet this customer where we knew they were going in terms of like at-home tools and devices for for hair health and growth and styling. Um, And so that, that was where we, that was where we started to take it. But, you know, we, I I don't know. I, you know, I think like if the, if all the like new business applications were up, like I don't know that I necessarily fall in because I had all, I've been entrepreneurial before, but I think for a lot of folks, people had the time, right. They were, to really kind of think about what's this thing that drives me? What am I really all about? How do I want to spend my time? And I think frankly, people also had this, uh, you know, you might have a date, you might be logging in on zoom or teams or whatever, but people were also like, let me get this side hustle going. Like, <laughs> build my dreams. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And I, you know, I think that's awesome. I fully respect that and whoever has like, eight jobs still going, like more, <laughs> more power to you. Um, yeah. But, you know, for, so for us, it wasn't like it, it, it was a moment of, well, people aren't wearing shoes cause they're not leaving their homes. So, you know, what, what is going to happen with, with the footwear business? Um,
1: but it wasn't just that. Right. Right. And, and I, it's so interesting to even hear you talk about it because there is this shift in terms of overall health and wellness and when we think about you know we talk so much about topicals of skin but our hair health and our scalp it's still going into our bodies. And even when we think about the three words, um, and I think this is great. Like when we think about the three words that represent the brand, I just want you to talk a little bit about that because I think that that's so important. And and we'll close up. I could go on and on with you, but I I had to talk about this because it's grow, style, protect. And it's so simple, but it's so dynamic. And as I read it, and as I think about the brands, I'm like, course, you're going to grow your hair, you're going to sell your hair, you're going to protect your hair. But within each of those words, there's so much power. There's so much intentionality. And there's so much that we as consumers have to learn from an education perspective, but that we also have to be mindful of to actually have healthy hair and a healthy body, because at the end of the day, it's all infused.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I think the you know, there's so much information out there. It is not all good information, um, and so sifting through that as a consumer can be daunting. And so, we also wanted Helix to be this holistic place where, if you care about healthy hair, that you can come, and we're gonna we're gonna hit you at all of these, you know, in kind of a, all facets of your routine, right? So um, we wanna show up at every place where you're kind of engaging with hair and help you on your journey. And so, yeah, so Grow Style Protect was like the full cycle of how you're managing through hair. So it, it, it made a lot of sense and then it was kind of all encompassing from everything that we're bringing to life, which is from soft goods to hard tools to hardware and, uh, and web product as well, ultimately. Um, yeah. Yeah. I love thank that. you. Yeah.
1: I, love it. I like it. I, I love it. <laughs> and, and as we, as we wrap, what can we expect? I love it. Hard goods, hardware, like e-com retail, tell us what's coming. Yes. Yeah, so
0: we're soft launch. Now we have our two products out. Um, we have a, our first hard tool that's going to blow your mind that we're gearing up for in uh, early this year. So in this coming early spring, Um, That's our first hard tool that is designed for wet styling curly hair. Uh, It's called the Curl Definer. Um, So that falls into the style bucket. Uh, And then we have a number of, we have more soft goods. We have hard tools. We have some exciting retail conversations that are percolating. uh, And our first device that is also in the pipeline too Um, so there's a lot without giving too much away.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I was like, you heard it here first. Um, (laughs) that is fantastic. I mean, I can't wait. Like the curl definer. I'm sure that retail is just chopping at the bit to get at this and to get at you and what you've already proven in the market and then devices. So I'm so excited. I can't wait. Thank you.
0: I'm excited. I'm excited to get some stuff into your hands too, so that you can touch and feel and try things
1: too. So. Oh my gosh. And I I love the how to demos. I'm going to be like, here I go. That'll be my TikTok. Yes. 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 And as we close out the show, so, you know, we are all about community. We're all about supporting. I, actually, I love how you talk about founders getting together to even share their investors. And I think that that's so important. So in the spirit of sharing, supporting founders and creating community, we also like to ask you what's one other product um, that we should try, that we should support, that we should now add to our shelfy selves.
0: Ooh, who am I liking? I want to plug Kim Roxy, the Limec, um brow pencil. Um, yes. I met her, I met her a really long time ago. I think at Essence Fest, like a long time ago. Um, and she's, she's amazing.
1: Yes, she is. And she's our fellow founder in the studio. And so we always love to support our founders. Um, So that's fantastic. And I hope that you'll be at our Founders House during Essence Festival this year, since that's where you guys met. Oh, yeah. So that could have been our our whole connection. But we'll make sure that you're you're there. Um, We'll share Founders House with all of our listeners as well. But in the meantime, please make sure that you check out Helix Hair Labs. You can also check out Rebecca Allen Inc. for all of your shoe needs. So she's got you covered really like head to toe, like yeah, seriously. Um, so Rebecca, congratulations on Ira, the family, your success, um, being a, creating these two brands to really have us covered. I'm so excited for all that's to come. Thank you so much, Kendra. Thanks for having me on. And every week, I share an influencer I'm checking out. So thank you so much, Rebecca. Make sure to follow Kim Roxy at Lamik Beauty, another fellow Brain Trust Studio founder. So that is Lamek, Lamik, L A M I K Beauty on Instagram, a clean cosmetics brand for all women. And as always, I want to leave you with one thing from today's guest, and that is. What path are you blazing? We heard from Rebecca that she's blazing a path in hair wellness. So think about what path you will blaze. And as always, follow, rate, and subscribe to Business of the Beat on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or anywhere else you listen to podcasts. You don't want to miss an episode, and we love to hear from you. Leave a five-star rating and a review. Until next week.
0: Business of the Beat is hosted by Kendra Bracken-Ferguson, assistant producer Jenny Salk, executive producer Kendra Bracken-Ferguson, edited by Fish Mar Creative, executive producer Ken Johnson. Find the Business of the Beat podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, odyssey amazon music or where you get your podcast and on ig at business of the beat business of the beat is a mean old line media production